The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. We're bringing you the electrical industry experts you need to hear to discuss the topics you need to know about. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking your time to join us on today's podcast. I am joined by our friend of the show, who actually thinks he's been on it potentially two, maybe three times before, Ben Curry. Ben, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. Um, yeah, it is a few times now, isn't it? I think definitely twice, maybe a third. What I'm going to say is back by popular demand because your shows always seem to do extremely well. And I think that's because it's not me and Harry trying to give commentary. We're actually bringing on a member of the community, a spark that I've known for, I'm going to say, six years now, maybe seven. Yeah, quite some time. It's close to that. And I've seen you go through some tremendous growth. And I will be honest, I've seen that growth specifically in the last couple of years. And what we're doing at the moment with our friends over at Schneider is really talking about the electrician of tomorrow. And I've seen you grow your business across, I guess, the current offering you've always done, but you've then added these verticals in as demand has changed. So I want to just spend a bit of time and really talk about your business, how you've thought about growing it, and then a specific vertical, which I'm trying to bring a I'm going to call it an expert on on every show that we do of these to speak about one specific type of work. Uh, and today I would like to punch into what you're doing with solar. But before we get into you and what you're doing on the solar front, can you just give us some background and some context to who you are, what the company is, and I guess give the listeners an idea of the growth that you've gone through before we get into the, the world of solar? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks so much. Um, so I'm an electrician, time served, came straight out of school into an electrical apprenticeship. And over my career, I've worked in a number of different sectors, um, mostly domestic, done commercial, tiny bit of industrial, worked in solar for a long time. Um, and it all comes around full circle again to eventually I set up my own business and uh, was just doing domestic electrical. And we had a contract with a local council. It was all going great. And then eventually we moved away from that and, and wanted to just focus on working for us, not for someone else. So we always had the ethos of good quality work for nice people in our local area, doing the jobs that we enjoy doing and that people want to have us in for rather than it being a case of having to have us in. And then having done that and built up a really great customer base locally, we get asked a lot about um, what other things you can do. So um, one was my mum had a burglary, she wanted cameras. So we, we learned how to do cameras. A year later, we, we fit in cameras as a big part of the business. Same with alarms. Um, EV charging came along, did the same. And this is how we got into solar. Is, um, customers knew that myself and one of the guys who works for me had had a, a long time working in the solar industry. So they're asking us to do their solar installs. And we always said, oh, no, we don't do that. Passed it off to other people. The more you get asked, the more you think, maybe it's something that we should offer. Like, if we were... If our goal is to be a really good, high-quality um, electrical company that covers all the services to our specific target customer, um, should solar be one of those services? So ultimately, we're here just at the right time and decided yes. So just before it started booming this year, we um, retrained, um, went on some training courses, got our MCS qualifications and things like that. And that leads us to kind of where we are now, I guess. Ben, before we, there's so much I could unpack there because the listeners of this show are going to want to know, one, how you went from just you to the team that you've got now. And just for context, what's the size of the team now? So it started out just me. 
And I was very much of the opinion of um, I was a subcontractor most of the time, just happy rolling around in my van, just me, or back of an estate car or something like that. And then when I moved into solar, I was really happy with that. Really enjoyed the job. It was it was good work. We worked for a decent company. Some real bad companies in the solar industry. And we worked for a decent company. And but when I had my daughter, who's now eight, they were sending me all up and down the country, and it's just not what I wanted. And that's when we moved into working local. Now, the jump to working local was because I was offered a contract doing council work, but I needed employees to do that. I couldn't fulfill the contract on my own. So that kind of tipped my hand into setting up a, a limited company, going back registered, having um, to organise payroll, VAT, CIS, all the other things that go with that. And we had a few years of having various you know, ups and downs with the number of staff and things like that. And it, it's only really since COVID that we had that time at home to really sit, sit back and reset before growing again. And since COVID, we went from going into the pandemic, we had um, myself and one other electrician and one apprentice and now, now, like I say, we're at um, seven vans. We've got four or five office staff. And, um, yeah, it, it's going really well. There's definitely going to be a part two of this because where my head goes on the business <laughs> front, which is I want to pull out for people listening to this, like what, what you experience and learn through that growth. Um, but i got a got a job to do today in terms of the world of solar and I guess niching down or adding services to the business. So we'll, yep. we're going to come back and talk about your growth in the future because I think it's... Yeah, more than happy to. We get asked a lot about it. And... Such an inspiring story. Genuinely, such an inspiring story. And uh, I love the amount of content that you put out and talking about the business. So we're, we're definitely going to come back for part two on that. But one thing, as you spoke about solar, it was... You spoke about the cameras. I'm sorry to hear that y- your mum got burgled. Uh, you spoke about sort of like security... Then we spoke about EV and then you mentioned solar. When you spoke about solar, you basically said so many customers have started to come to you and were like, do you do solar? Do you do solar? And you said, no. So that's like the market pulling it out of you to go, hey, we trust you as a business. We want you to do this. Can you offer the service? Was that the same with CCTV and alarms and EV or was there a different approach to it? Yeah, I mean, over the years, we always got asked to do alarms and cameras. Do you do cameras? No, not really. Do you do alarms? No, try not to. And in my head, it was always like, I don't want someone ringing me up in the night because the alarm's going off. Like that. <laughs> So I'd just say no. And then it got to the point where, look, we got an opportunity to learn how to do it. And we had we picked a good manufacturer. And this there's a theme here. So we picked a good manufacturer who could train us. And then we we just fit their kit. So we don't, I don't say we're alarm engineers, we can go servicing and maintaining and fitting all the various systems but we know the cameras we like we know the alarms we like that's what we provide to our customers and then we'll continue to go back and service those systems occasionally an existing customer or a new customer will come and as as i'm saying this i know that one of the guys is in the office and i know he's probably shaking his head i can't even see him but i can imagine his face because we do get drawn into like oh yeah we can fix that but Actually, when we stay in our lane is when we're best. So when we fit our systems and we go back and service them, it's great. When we kind of like, oh, yeah, we can have a look at that for you, and it's not one we're dead good on, that's normally when we run into problems. Not saying we always do, but occasionally if there is a problem and you drill back what it was, it was when we got involved with something that we probably shouldn't have got involved with in the first place. So yes, the 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 inquiries were already there for those other services, but they they go very closely hand in hand. You know, you're already there with your cables out, 
you can put an alarm in. Um, it, it's not a big step. But also being in the industry and seeing where it's going, um, I was already into things like you know your, your smart homes, your technology, all of that sort of stuff I've got an interest in. So being able to put cameras in for people, being able to do Wi-Fi upgrades, being able to do all of that, it's something that I felt we should be offering. And also the sort of customer that um, wants a, a good quality CCTV system are the sort of customer that we want. You know, they want to pay the money to protect the home. They want a nice kit that looks good on the wall. It's premium. They're happy to pay for the features, the products and the service. And so taking that again into the EVs, EVs, just the phone's ringing off the hook. Everyone wants an EV. There's a grant. So then we had to go through the grant process, learn how to do that. Um, get the training, get the people on courses, get the lads out learning how to install it. Pick a charger and just fit that one because every time we fit a different type, we end up with dramas. Um, and then now we're at solar and we do the same. We, you know, find a good manufacturer, find a good battery manufacturer, got training, and away we go. Kind of sounds like you've built like a little playbook here, which is <laughs> listen yeah, to don't mess about. <laughs> it, it's sort of like listen to what the customer's saying on the phone get tired of saying no to the additional income, revenue, and growth. And then you go, okay, got it. can't say no to this anymore. And then what you do is you get the right training. But you mentioned something which I think is really interesting, which is it sounds like you kind of find like a preferred manufacturer and then just go like really deep on that manufacturer so you can become yeah. the experts. So when yeah. someone's asking for EV, and just to share a story, like you did my EV. Um, I actually didn't really get a choice of what was installed. I mean, I did. And you're like, you did. Different. Well, what did you say to us? Got to be done this week. Yeah. <laughs> so we in stock. And at the time, the, our preferred charge point wasn't something you could just get off the shelf. So we ended up with one, a different one. And we had problems. We had to come back. <laughs> Came back, got it solved. But yeah. your your playbook is really find a preferred supplier and go really deep. Because I guess when a customer calls you up, if you're not like me and it's, I wish I called Ben up a year ago because I really need this now. If it's not like that sort of customer, I guess they're not, they don't actually have a preference. And what's your experience with this? They don't actually have a preference on an EV charger or a solar system or a camera system. They want you as a professional to come and recommend and sell in what you think is the best solution because you sort of, like you've said, you've attracted a value-based customer. They're not they're not driving you down in price. You've got a certain customer group that you go after. Would you say that's fair that you you recommend yeah. customer comes to you and says, I've got this problem. What's the solution that you recommend? Is that how this tends to work for you now? Yeah, we, we do see both sides of it. And the part of that is because of the way where we set up. So let's say, for example, we choose one product and we, we do a really good job of um, installing that, marketing that. That means people find us two ways. They find us because we're an installer of that service. And they also find us when they're interested in that product and looking at that product. So we get it from both sides of it. So if we've got a, a customer who wants a particular consumer unit, let's say they've, they've seen the marketing for the, the new Schneider consumer unit. Um, and they've seen actually my face on the marketing for that. So they've seen that consumer unit and they look for it. And because we install it a lot, you know, all our socials mention it, our website mentions it, all the rest. They'll come to us from that side. But then we also get the other side where they come to us because we're a good quality installer and they want the quality. So when we recommend the product, we like, they don't take much convincing. Like we fit this because we feel it's good and we don't fit anything else because of that. Oh, right, okay. No, that sounds fine. 
you know, that's the sort of conversation we have. It's, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people listening to this might think, well, I need to fit everything to try and capture all the market in case someone's interesting one charger over another. But your point is someone wants an EV charger. They want a professional installation. They're going to take yeah. your recommendation. As long as I guess that you truly back it, you can't go there and go, well, what do you want? Well, we can do anything. If you can back it and explain yeah. why, that's where there's value. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is, it, and this has been learned through hard lessons over time. So let's say tomorrow I decide that we're going to fit every type of CCTV system on the market, okay? So my guy that I've got who does all our CCTV, he now has to learn all them systems. Mm-hmm. So where I might be able to send him to a job and know it's done, the next job might be a different system. He might have to spend an hour reading the manuals before he gets into it. And then the next day is a different system. Then the next day is a different system. So then he takes a day off. I've got to get one of the other guys to colour for him. They're not that up on any of the CCTV. They can do it, but they're not as keen on it as that one chap. Now they've got to learn doubly bad because while they might have done some brand A, they've now got to learn about brand B. And the more we ran into that, the more it became hassle. And we found it with smart thermostats. We found it with... Um, you know, EV charge points, we find it with cameras, alarms, all the rest. And it's just the more I think we streamline, the, the better it becomes for us. It's a, it's a really interesting point because it sounds so counterintuitive. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> just saying, no, no. Does, yeah. I'm, I'm on your side of it. It sounds counterintuitive, but it works. As an example, I know this data point because before COVID hit, as an agency, we expert trades, we re-evaluated what we did. We, in total, offered 55 different products to brands, different types of services, 55. Turns out you can't be a specialist at that. You go quite shallow in your understanding, but quite wide. So what we did is we condensed it down to nine services. We only do nine things, but we do those nine things really well. Realistically, it's three services with three levels. 100 percent services for three levels and three different price points so we can capture the market the the other thing you said which i want to make sure that people heard is if you specialize in a brand and a service then i would say it's more prevalent in smart tech if i am interested in solar let's move on to solar i've probably done a lot of research it's a certain type of customer around ev about solar that is probably doing more research than the average customer getting a house rewire if they become educated in a certain brand they i didn't think about it like that but they can find you then through that which is yeah we've we've got a couple of things we've done so our chosen inverter manufacturer uh, it's a shadow podcast in it but i'm sure i'm allowed to talk about other brands but uh i chose so we fit solace and we fit pure drive the two manufacturers inverters and batteries we we stumbled across them really there was no particular reason we chose solace because they've been going 20 odd years which is rare in solar um and we chose Pure Drive because they were based in the UK and they're making a really nice battery. So when you've got a tech problem, you ring the guy who's down the road and he, he fixes it for you. Solace the same. They've got um, a manufacturing. Um, they're not manufacturing, but they've got tech support in Liverpool. They've got an office. They've got a local office. So those two big things, local tech support, were really important for us. And then the more we started fitting, the more they started noticing. And then the more we talked to them on tech support calls, we got to know the first name basis. And then they wanted a manufacturer's installation video doing. So who did the ring? So they called us. Yeah. So now off that video, which is on the Solace and the Pure Drive websites and YouTube channels, we get inquiries every day. And we it's not our video, someone else. We've done it, but it's you know, it's not on our website. Um, and we get inquiries every day for that. Now I know if we fitted 
30 different types of inverter, the chance of getting your foot in the door with that manufacturer, it, it's not impossible because um, we've done it with other people, but it just makes it more difficult. I think there's a, a load of learnings that people listening to this will be able to unpack there. The first step into solar, mm. what does that look like? Uh, if someone's listening to this right now, let's just say we've titled this podcast something to do with learning about solar or niching down in yeah. solar. We'll try to get the audience aware of the conversation. Someone's interested in solar listening to this. What was the very first step that you had to take with getting that product confidence in that product offering to the point you can quote it and install it? Talk me through that process. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, based on my career history, I've short-cutted this quite a bit. So I've had about four or five years in the solar industry, um, installing um, domestics, um, installing commercials and big industrial farms, things like that. So I've got a really good basis of the basics of it. But what I'd never done was design um, or sell. So my first thought was, right, right, I want to go into solar. I know that MCS is the standard. I'm going to go and get MCS accredited. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be, you know, you can fit solar every day and not be MCS, but there is certain things you do need it for. And there's certain, certainly customer confidence you need it for. And to be able to talk about coming to your, so if I came to your house, Adam, and I said, I'm going to fit you um, solar and you said, are you MCS? I then am on the back foot. I've got to explain why, um, why that doesn't matter, why you can get around it, why this, just be MCS. So that's number one, MCS. Mm -hmm. So then the easiest way to do that is just phone call to MCS. They'll tell you everything you need to know. They'll actually tell you that you probably want to go through either NAPIT or NIC, EIC to get your MCS accreditation. Obviously, we've got it on the T-shirts. We're NIC approved contact contractors. We call it NIC. NIC then give you a checklist of the things you need in place when they come and do your assessment. So first thing is you pay them a load of money. And then they'll come and do your assessment and they'll be checking for this number of things that they've given you your checklist of. And then you just work down the list. Um, you, you need to be registered with a training standards agency. Your qualified supervisor needs to have a qualification in solar. Um, you need to have a back office system to support the paperwork and the audits and things like that. So all of these things, there's multiple products for on the market. Um, we use we use Google for hours. We just... Um, We've got Google Workspace. We've built a drive system out and we do it all manually. But there are agencies that are coming to set that up for you and help you manage it. Um, the training we went to NAPIT for and did our solar PV BPEC course. We went then went to NIC to have the to have our audit booked. They came out and did that. That was great. For the training standards, we're with the RECC, but there's again, there's a few of them. So the initial step is find out who you want to register with and work off their checklist because they do make it easy for you. Um, it is hard. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of hassle. It's a lot of money. But it is good once, once you're through it all. That sounded so <laughs> complicated for a, for a non-engineer, non-trader who has to sort of do this training. Compared to everything that you've done in the past, compare this to EV because I think there's a lot of the community yeah. that do EV already. Give me a comparison of the amount of work you have to do when fitting solar compared to EV in the training and all the setup compared to the ongoing paperwork. Because I do see that a lot in the community, which is don't want to do this. Paperwork seems crazy. I'm going to need someone in the office full time just doing paperwork. How true is all that? Yeah, we've got we've got uh, two full time solar admin staff plus a full time office manager. And uh, that doesn't account for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, that doesn't account for the quoting. Um, so there's all it 
I'd say for the for the outlay, like we've spent um, not just a little bit of money, we've spent tens of thousands of pounds this year on accreditations, training, tools, equipment, things like that. Um, stock as well. We've got like, you know, just having spare stock when a socket's three quid, but an inverter's 1,200 quid, all of a sudden everything goes up. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you charge a lot more for your jobs. So you, you're getting it back, hopefully down the line. In terms of comparing it to EV, when you do EV now, if you want to just fit a charge point for someone, you've got to be electrically qualified and you've got to be part of the CPS to sand the circuit off. So you've got to be with NIC, EIC or something like that. If you want to do a grant, there's a whole load of paperwork to go with it. And then there's also dealing with your network operators like Western Power or National Grid. So a lot of that is similar with solar, okay? So you're still going to need the electrical. You're still going to need your dealing with National Grid. That's a lot more in-depth with solar. In addition, it's designing the system. So you're going to have to learn how to do a solar PV design. Now, there's software out there, but you need to learn how to use the software. So if you don't like using an iPad, then you're not going to like doing solar. Okay, you can pad and pay for it, but it, it's just it's just not like you know it's not worth it unless you're doing a couple of installs a week. I'd say don't touch it. Don't don't get into it unless you really just are interested in having another string to your bow. Um, I'd say it'd be really difficult to do it well and do it to a level that the customer deserves for the amount of money they're spending. So customer coming along and spending 10, 15, 20,000 pounds, there's probably a certain level of service they should be getting for that as well, where you can't really do back of the fag packet quotes and, um, you know, checks in the post sort of attitude. It's, it needs to be a lot more, um, a lot more formal. They want a decent proposal. They want to see what exactly what they get in. They've got the warranties and guarantees to go with it. So, it is difficult, and, and it is one of those where it's almost like a tipping point of you need to go in on it hard to be worth doing it. I think that the word like tipping point then, the point that I wanted to bring up as you were sharing, because I can imagine, I think we lost a load of listeners of the podcast, by the way, when you said we need right now to support your business, you have two full-time solar admins and the general office manager. I yeah. think the majority of the community are sort of like one to three person companies, if, yeah. if you were brought brought in as a mentor for these companies, because a lot of them are going to be thinking, Ben right now and where he's done his career, he's kind of got to where I want to get to. And if someone's listening, I'm not saying that you have to go to that. If you want to be the most profitable no. one, then you do you. You do whatever yeah. makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, if someone's listened to this and you jumped in as their mentor, what would you be advising as a company-sized tipping point to be thinking about solar if it's of interest? I would say if you had a full-time office assistant um, and you had um, yourself so you're doing the quotes the installs you've got someone to help you with the invoicing some of the paperwork um, and you've got a team around you to help you with the install you don't you not be doing it yourself I think a two or three person team with one single office staff member with them could do a really good job of it um, also it it lets you then get it to a level where you can do. You can provide a really good service. You can do a high quality install, which you charge a premium for. You're only doing one or two a week, rather than trying to smash five installs a week in or more, um, or chasing around with subbies and all of that. It, it depends what you want. You know, there's a lot of people out there that can sell solar at the moment easily because who can't? You know, um, it's 
getting stubbies and all that to run around the country chucking panels on roofs it's not what i want for my business um so i'd be saying if you're a small company with one or two vans and you're thinking about going into solar i'd say the next step would be to take an admin person on um and do that as part of that because it, it would be a massive help also if you're if you're an electrician out there and you're a one-man band and you're thinking of growing a bit i'd hire an admin person before another electrician and I'd also hire a fully qualified electrician who you pay 50 grand a year before you take an apprentice on um, because I've done both of that the wrong way. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, you can't, you can't run an apprentice and grow your business. You need a, another person who can do the jobs so you can then grow your business basically. There's, there's that part too, creeping in again, which, and I completely understand what you're saying is if you bring someone in that you're having to, spend all your hours training, you're not growing the business. Uh, what you need to be able to do is find someone to pass the work to and then work yeah, on exactly. running the business rather than being in the business. I think what you just said was a great piece of advice, giving people an, an idea of the size company and the setup they need to be to be considering solar. Before we wrap up, what are the other top tips or any other considerations that you'd like to leave the community with when they're thinking solar's of interest? Ben's now shared with me that actually I probably need to grow my company a little bit, probably need an admin person, need to make sure I've got all these accreditations, potentially partner up with one distributor, one manufacturer to go really deep, learn that product, become an advocate for that product, have confidence when talking to my customers as to why I install that product. What else should someone know when thinking about solar before we wrap up? Yeah, so I mean, one one thing you could look at is let's say you were a one-man band, you really like the idea of getting into solar, don't like the idea of growing your business. Find a roof installation team who you can work with and you know do quality work and have them do your roofs. You can then join them on the roof side. You can do a bit of that if you enjoy it. You can do the electrics. You can play around with the batteries and the inverters, which is the fun stuff, let's be fair. Um, and you can learn all about it. You can talk to your customers about it. And you're not you're not having to grow your business in ways you don't want. Um, finding good subcontractors you can rely on and trust is the key. And it's hard, almost as hard as hiring full-time staff. Um, but that's that's one way of doing it. The other thing with solar, so when we first started installing back in 2010 or, or whenever it was I got into it, it was the Wild West. There was a lot of really rough, really poor installs that carried out by a lot of really rogue companies out there. And the MCS came from that. Now, fast forward 10, 12 years, and I can see the industry going that way a little again. There's a lot of companies popping up that, sales companies, selling leads, looking for subbies. If you go on any Facebook group at the moment, you're going to see people asking for install teams for solar. And these will be companies that are just the winning contracts with no guys in place, no way of fulfilling them contracts. They don't even know where they're getting the kit from, but they know they can win the contract and then they're farming it all out. Now, that my advice is that is the last thing you want. All you want to do to win work for solar and to do a really good job of it is just show people what you do and how well you do it. And it's easy, you know. If someone's thinking about solar and they come across you and you're showing off the quality of work you do, you're showing off the little bit of extra mile you go on every job and why you do it, people are just going to be like, that's the guy I want in my house. Don't care how much I'm having him. Like, I'm paying 20 grand for a set of panels. I'm happy to spend, you know, two, three, four, five grand more or whatever to have to know that my house is safe, my installation's protected and all the rest, rather than having you know subcontractors coming from all around the country and chucking panels on the roof 
and that trust and that um, demonstration of knowledge is the key, I think, at the moment in this industry. Being able to demonstrate to people that you know what you're talking about, you know the systems, you know the industry. Like I tell people, it's like we start getting into this at the start of the year, and they're like, "Oh, you've not been doing it long enough, have you?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I've been doing electrics 25 years. We've got thousands of really happy customers, and we've done this training course. We've been on this manufacturer's course." We've chose these products like you can trust us. You you know, if you've got a problem, you walk around the corner and knock on my door. You all know where I live. It's like aiming your customers at the, the right the right type of customer and um, going deep on like demonstrating how good a company you are. That That's the way to win. Love, love that. Love a, love a lot of what you've just left the community with from a learning perspective. But that last little piece around even if this is new, and we all talk about electrician tomorrow, these new verticals that electricians need to be considering, it's clear that you back yourself and yeah. that gives confidence to a customer. If someone's listening and you can't back yourself, you should not be offering the service to a customer. So do the work, get confident, and then the customer will feel it too. I think it's a, a really great point. Ben, thank you as always for your time. And I no can't... Problem. Part two, we're going to be talking about growth of the business and those learning curves because I think the community will get a lot from it. Thanks again, mate. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this show, please leave a review. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.